You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. You call that a news update? This is a news update. It's Neighbourhood Watch. This week on Neighbourhood Watch, Connor speaks to Zoe Canandes of Radio Adelaide. In their interview, they spoke on the lockdowns throughout Australia, the New Zealand lockdown, the Australian government's reaction to the Afghanistan conflict and citizens being chased over government debt. Connor began the interview by asking how Australia was doing with the pandemic. How are things going there in Australia? Yeah, look, they're pretty up and down. And I say that because, you know, we're seeing... Um, over 600 cases in one state and, you know, none in another. So um, <clears throat> we obviously saw a really high record of numbers um, in New South Wales, where we know that this outbreak is um, where it's really taken place and has obviously spread. And even to you folks over in New Zealand, and I do apologise, I suppose, for the state of New South Wales, um, so they've recorded 633 new COVID-19 cases yesterday um, and they've also had three deaths. The Premier has sort of stated that the state hasn't even seen the worst of it yet, which is really um, terrifying. Um, we also saw Victoria record 24 new cases yesterday. Um, they've gone back into lockdown and also the ACT um, which we know historically hasn't really had a flare-up since, you know, the initial outbreak um, in 2020. So um, this would be really tough for them all as well. They've recorded 22 new cases and are also in lockdown. Um, And as for the rest of us, Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia, Northern Territory and Tasmania, we haven't had any new COVID cases. So yeah, there's such a discrepancy against the states right now who eat, who are and who aren't in lockdown, but we do have a very high amount of our population currently uh, in lockdown due to the outbreak. I know that you have been going back and forth through in and out of lockdown. How are Australians dealing with that? Yeah, um, look, I particularly feel for um, our friends in Victoria, um, you know, they were hoping to have seen the end of it and we we all know that they were really going through it last year and spent I think they've spent now over 200 days in lockdown if I'm correct which um is an awful number that is a Um, long time to be locked down it is it is when you think about it in the scope of a year and the fact that we've only really had this thing for a year and a half now so they've really um been uh going absolutely going through it and then to see that this new south wales outbreak has caused another lockdown there look i can't really speak for the states of new south wales or victoria i'm not there i do have friends there obviously and i really can't speak to it to be honest it's i, I can't imagine how they'd be feeling and then everyone's mental health and you know um not being able to see family and friends um it, it must be an awful feeling in saying that, um, I do definitely think that um, they're a really strong, um, especially Victoria, a very strong state. And, um, you know, if anyone can do it, it's them. Um, not that I think that they should have to. Um, as for the rest of the states, I feel like the rest of us are sort of on edge. We have the sinking feeling that an outbreak could happen at any time. That's not to say that the shops in the other states are, you know, selling out of essential items. It's just that you know, any event that's being organised in Australia right now, I mean, we 
everyone has a COVID backup plan and, and nothing feels like it's set in stone ever. So that's that's sort of the feeling of the country overall. I'm going to touch on the New Zealand lockdown. Midnight on Tuesday, we went into a strict level four lockdown with three days um, nationally and seven days um, in Auckland and Coromandel due to a community case of Delta. And I was just wondering, has there been any reaction to the speed and seriousness of New Zealand's lockdown there in Australia? I feel like obviously you've all, you've all gone into lockdown so fast and so heavy, but um, you know, for example, the state I'm in, South Australia, takes very heavy approaches. They go hard and fast straight away um, to try and eliminate any um, further spreading. Um, so I think there's definitely similarities between um, South Australia and uh, your government, um, the South Australian government and your government in their approach in, into lockdowns. Um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of, I think um, most of the rhetoric I'm seeing is that obviously uh, a lot of people here share a lot of family um, over with you all and it's kind of devastating again to have to see us all put on hold our lives um, to be able to see each other. Um, for example, <clears throat> I mean, this is just a very personal example, but my nephew has never met um, his grandparents who live in um Plymouth so it's it's been a really weird hard time and just knowing that we're all having to put our lives on halt again before we can see each other I think it's pretty devastating. Um, I just wanted to move on now from COVID and I wanted to talk a little bit about the crisis in Afghanistan uh, and I was wondering about what the response to um, the Afghanistan crisis has been by the Australian government and the moves that they're taking. So Scott Morrison has um, obviously responded to the uh, terrible, terrible situation we're seeing in Afghanistan at the moment. Um, he's said that Australia won't be able to rescue all Afghans who served alongside military. Um, he's sort of taken this, um, it is what it is approach. He said, I want you all to know that we will continue to do everything we can for those who stood with us as we have to this day. Um, but just Despite our efforts, I know that support won't reach all that it should on the ground. Events have overtaken many efforts. We wish it were different. So he sort of is just kind of wishing at this point. It's a really harrowing situation. And we know that a lot of Afghan Australians and Australian visa holders are really pleading with the federal government to be um, evacuated uh, from the country at the moment, which is sort of an ongoing thing, I'm sure, everywhere. And obviously so many people are... Um, trying to get out of the country. Um, Afghan Australians have said that they are afraid to reveal their Australian citizenship at checkpoints um, and both Afghan visa holders and Australians say they've had no contact at all from the Australian government. So this was reported about six hours ago, which is really awful to think that um, uh, people in the country aren't being contacted by the Australian government. I feel like that is just really at odds um, to sort of what Scott said, which is we wish we could do everything we can, yet we know, you know, saying we, we want to do everything we can, but we wish things were different, and then not actually contacting your citizens that are in the country. It's um, really harrowing. And other news organisations, so, for example, the ABC have spoken to um, an Afghan-Australian who said his mother and sister both tried to reach the airport for the um, flights out. They were told to go to the airport um, as there were flights scheduled last minute. Um, 
and it was actually literally impossible for them to enter the airport to get to the plane that was going to Australia. So um, we all know it's chaotic scenes at the moment, but um, I, I, I think that our government could be doing more. So what's happening in the local news there in Adelaide? So what we're seeing um, sort of nationally and as well locally, this is affecting so many people, is Centrelink, which is our welfare system here in Australia, and debt collectors working on behalf of the Australian government have been chasing people to pay back um, money in welfare, money allegedly um, that was overpaid to them during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so it comes as companies um, hold on to $4.6 billion in JobKeeper payments despite um, recording profits, um, raising sort of these huge um, double standards, I suppose. It's like, why are we chasing people? Everyday people have been so awfully affected by the pandemic and not chasing these companies that are currently sitting happy with $4.6 billion in the bank. Um, so Centrelink, they're, um, they're chasing up 11,000 people to repay $32 million in debts they accrued due to getting both job seeker and job keeper. So um, at the start of the pandemic, you got job seeker and then a few weeks later they announced job keeper. So there's obviously going to be some overlap there. People were really frightened they were losing their job and they just applied for whatever they thought that they could get. Um, we have a terrible history here in Australia of robo-debt um, and the massive scandal that was robo-debt, which, you know, came out of the hands of people like Scott Morrison before he was Prime Minister. Um, and it's this awful thing of knowing that the government is chasing you down for money when you are already a low-income um, earner. So uh, I'm really... It's just terrible. And also to the fact that we're looking at our government chasing people for money um, but also seeing almost half the population I think it's 60 percent of our population are in lockdown right now yet none of them are getting any job seeker or job keeper welfare payments at the moment and nothing concrete has been announced for those people so yeah it's, a, it's an awful story unfortunately to end on today but um, just more evidence towards the Australian government and how they feel about people who have working class backgrounds or are low um, income earners. That was Neighbourhood Watch. Ripper. <laughs> that was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.